Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we continue our series for October, Fear, Dancing Between Fear and Faith, as we kind of explore a number of common fears that we may have, and maybe some not-so-common fears, and what it really means for us to live in faith even as we sometimes struggle with fear. So talking about, you know, fear and, and faith and, and those fears that, you know, we, we maybe sometimes face. You know, a picture here uh, of the playground. And I don't know how many of you ever grew up playing on a playground. Most of us have, right? You know, one of my memories from the playground was, you know, when it's time to choose teams. And you had the two team captains, right? You had, like, you know, here's, here's Richie and here is Lance. And they're choosing who's going to be on their team. You know, we're all lined up. You should, like, you know, lined up in a line, either a physical line or along the fence if it was baseball. And, and they're picking, you know, I want him, I want him, I want her, I want him. You know, they usually start getting towards the end, and they start doing a little more of this. Uh, yeah, I'll take Irwin. I, I wasn't the last, not usually, but I wasn't the first. Have you ever experienced that before in life? You know, where you're just like, wow, do I not feel important now? You know, kind of feel like I've been, you know, accepted and, and, and not really that welcome. So I, I put on this, and we brought this last week, and they called this the fear box or the faith box. And if you like tactical things, you know, I left them out there. You can take one home, and you can put in there things that, you know, maybe you are fearful of, and you can use it as you pray to God. And, um, you know, as a family or as friends, you could do that. You could say, you know, so what are things that are fearful to you? And on the outside here, again, are scripture verses about God who is with us, God who says to us, don't be afraid. But I put in here a ball. Why? Oh, there's probably a number of reasons why. But, you know, one of them is as we talk about, you know, I think about the playground setting where we're choosing teams and you choose those teams, you know, as human beings, we are really the, the only creature that's built on a need for approval. So I don't know, you might have been, maybe all of you were the ones that were like, I want CB, and then, you know, he was the first one, and you, you guys were always the first or second ones picked. I was not the last usually, but I was towards the very end, you know, because I was just not the ath most athletic when I was younger, except for soccer. For some reason, soccer, I would get picked a little higher up. Not first, not second. Probably not even fifth, but closer. But you know, as human beings, we have this desire to be accepted, to be wanted, and, and, and to have this approval, whether we look for the approval of, of our parents or a coach, our peers, you know, our boss, our employees. You know, we all long for this approval. And this, this originates, you know, psychologist tells us, deep within our psyche. And as, you know, as followers of God, we believe that's part of how we're wired you know, looking for approval. And that, and that approval is kind of, you know, twisted because sin has entered the world. You know, we hear about that in Romans 3 where it says that all of us have fallen short of God's glory, of God's expectations, of God's approval. And so because we don't have God's approval, whether we recognize that or not, we are longing for approval in our relationships in our world. Some of us really struggle with this sense of approval, and, and it becomes, you know, what's called a learned helplessness, and we really, you know, search for, want, long for that sense of approval. And, you know, another reason I'm bringing the ball up here is because 
I'm going to throw it at Dale, and Dale's like, no. Um, I hard throw it. Ready, Chuck? Because in, in Latin, I want it back. In, in, in Latin, the word for rejection is to throw back. And, and see, I, I think a lot of times, you know, whether we want to recognize it or not, and again, to varying degrees, one of the fears that most humans deal with at various times of their lives is that sense of approval and what happens if we feel rejected, whether we're rejected by, you know, the girl that we thought was so cute with pigtails or rejected at work because we didn't get the promotion or we feel rejected by our children, by our spouse, you know, by our friends. And, and as Christians sometimes, more and more today, I, I think we have a sense that we feel rejected by the world because we lived for a while in this world where the Christian church had a much stronger influence and that is continually changing. And Jesus even says, you know, that you will face rejection in this world. So it's the ball in there, so I don't keep playing with it. I might be tempted to throw it at somebody. Dodgeball. But when we talk about, you know, again, that sense of rejection, of repudiation, of disapproval that we all experience at times, and that sense of sometimes self-defeat. And sometimes we get destructive in our behaviors as we seek people's approval, and sometimes we so hunger that approval, we do crazy, wacky things. Even sometimes we disobey God. And that's exactly what we see here with Saul. As Saul is confronted, and he says these words here, and let's read these words together. I was afraid of the people and listened to them. You know, what really is behind this, I don't think Saul was like, oh, I'm scared of them. I mean, this, he was more of, I, I, I wanted their approval. I mean, I've been a good king, and I wanted to hear their cheers, and I wanted them to say, Saul, Saul, Saul. And so he does what he knows he shouldn't do, what he's been commanded not to do, because he longs for their approval. In fact, the Bible names this in Proverbs 25. Let's read together. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Can you see this with Saul? I mean, Saul did a number of things here. You, and this is hinted at in the text that we read. By the way, you guys did a great job saying the Malachites, Gilgal, you know. We should have, I, should have, I thought about that when you were reading. I'm like, we should probably prepare the people. There's a few words you may not be able to say. This is how we say it. Amalekites. But, you know, he had seen, you know, rather than waiting for the Lord and waiting for God's prophet, Samuel, Saul goes and he, you know, seeks the counsel of like, like a witch doctor. And, and he, he, he's supposed to wait for Samuel to come and, and do a sacrifice before he goes into battle. And Saul, you know, hears the people kind of longing to go and Saul a little bit full of himself and wanting to look big again and get that approval does what? He offers a sacrifice, you know, and goes against God's word. And then he's supposed to, you know, have destroyed all the cattle and the sheep. And he, again, well, fear the people. I, you know, well, we kept some of them. I, I, wanted to, I wanted their approval. I wanted them to chant my, my name. He didn't trust the Lord. You know, and, and this can get us into all kinds of trouble, you know, in, in our lives. As you think about, you know, on that playground and, and what it means when we long for the approval of others. And sometimes that can drive us to do crazy things. The sense of the fear of rejection and what it means when we feel that rejection. You know, Jesus experienced that as well. Jesus experienced rejection. Even as 
He was on the onset of his ministry in, and this is in Luke 4, beginning at verse 16 through 29. Jesus goes to his hometown, and you may be familiar with this you know, portion of Scripture. Jesus goes to his hometown, and he's in the synagogue, you know, and they're like, oh, Jesus is here, like son of the congregation. Go ahead and read the scroll, and he opens up the scroll, and it's from Isaiah, and he says, you know, this is filled in your hearing, the promise of Messiah. And, of course, they reject him. They're ready to run him out of town and off the cliff. You know, they say to him, this recorded in Mark's gospel, that, you know, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this Mary's son? Who does he think he is? He's Jesus. But they reject him. And again, Jesus told the disciples in John 15, he says, you should expect in the world you will not always be accepted, that you will be rejected. The world will not always approve of who you are as a follower of Jesus. And Jesus responds to rejection. One of the times we see Jesus responding to rejection is in Luke 9, where he is in a Samaritan village that doesn't welcome him. I mean, there's other times where he is welcomed. You know, he's invited to stay and and share with them God's word. God's hope, God's grace and forgiveness. But here in this village, they've rejected him. And so what do the disciples want to do? The disciples, you know, because this is Jesus, you know, they rejected Jesus. So the disciples say, can we call down fires from heaven? Can we like destroy them like Sodom and Gomorrah? And what does Jesus say? He says, no, you know, just kind of dust your feet off and we're just moving on. And see, when we're sometimes also rejected, you know, how do we respond? Sometimes we, we will, you know, continually open ourselves to get that approval, that, that, that need to say, I am accepted, I am loved, I am qualified. And sometimes we can respond with anger, and Jesus simply moves on. And then moving to, you know, to the garden, where in the garden, I mean, because all of this his friends there in the Garden of Gethsemane, they abandon him. And then Peter, you know, later on is following at a distance. And Peter rejects Jesus, denies him. How many times? Three times. I mean, he tries to, you know, disguise his voice and say, no, I'm not from up north. You, no, nope, that's not me. You know, I'm, I, I'm from down south. Can't you hear my draw, y'all? And I say, no, no, we can hear it. You, you're from up north. You're one of those Galileans. You're one of those Jesus followers. No, not me. Imagine what it was like when, when Jesus and, and, and Peter kind of lock eyes with each other. And Luke talks about that in his gospel. Jesus experiences rejection at the cross. And how does Jesus respond to that rejection? He says words that you probably are familiar with. He says, Lord, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You see, Jesus wasn't looking for the the acceptance of humanity. In fact, in scriptures, the scriptures that he knew, he knew that he would be rejected. That those who should have welcomed him as their own, as the promised Messiah, should have received him, they rejected him. And even as Jesus took all of our sins upon himself at the cross, his father rejected him. And in rejecting him, accepted his sacrifice. What we call his passive and active obedience, his perfect life he lived, is that 
active obedience and the passive obedience, his willingness to become the sacrificial lamb, becoming sin for us so that we are accepted. And see, that's important for us. Again, you know, you may say, well, I really don't, you know, deal a whole lot with this idea of being accepted. But again, we all want to be accepted. We all want to be welcomed. I mean, hopefully you're here and you feel accepted here and you feel welcomed here. And we want to be accepted and welcomed by the people that we love. And, and again, for some of us, to, to kind of a varying degrees, maybe it goes this way. I mean, some of us struggle with this a little bit at certain times, in certain situations. Some of us really struggle with that a lot. And I've shared before, you know, growing up, you know, this, this affected me for a while growing up because I grew up with a father that I didn't feel accepted me. And, and I was kind of looking and longing for, you know, where do I find that acceptance at? And thankfully, you know, I had a friend, Craig, who invited me in eighth grade and to go to church with him. And, and I think about this this weekend because the congregation back home is celebrating their anniversary. And, you know, and I remember sitting there, and it was one of the sermons the pastor gave. I don't remember much else about it. I know how that goes. You don't always remember much of anything about the sermons, you know. But that, that I remember the one part that kind of clicked in my head is, you know what? I may not feel like my father at home accepts me, but I know that my heavenly father accepts me, that I am loved and that I am welcomed, that you are a child of God, that you are one that God has saved by his grace. You belong to him. You are one that God said to his son, step into the world, to live for them, to die for them, to rise for them. And see, all of these times we try to define ourselves by those who accept us and receive us and welcome us and, and choose us first or second, at least not last, our God chooses you first. He chooses you, and your identity, my identity, our identity, is not on how others perceive us, about their approval, their acceptance, or their rejection and disapproval. It's in God's acceptance of us, that we allow God's acceptance to define us. So that's a challenge I'm going to put before you today as, as you think about this, um, how you allow your identity to be defined by how God defines you. And how does God define you? You're a child of God. You're one for whom the God of the universe gave up his life on the cross suffered, bled, and died. You're one whom he loves, whom he has forgiven, whom he says is his very own. And you think about this too, you know, is this shapes our identity for ourselves. It helps us also then in our relationships with others. Because if we feel fully, truly, 100% accepted by the God of the universe, then we don't live our lives by fear of men, but also, too, we accept others with the love that we have been accepted with. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing love. We give you thanks and praise that you accept us even though we are sinful and rebellious. That you accept us even though, like Saul, we have rejected your word. We have rejected your call in our lives. 
we give you thanks and praise, Lord, that our identity is not wrapped into how successful we are, how smart, how tall, how handsome, how beautiful, how fast, how wealthy, how whatever it is, Lord, we'd fill in there. Though we often live our lives that way, Lord, our acceptance really is in you. You accept us in your grace. We thank you for the acceptance that is ours in you, Jesus. May this acceptance form our identity, that we can, Lord, live in this identity. And may that identity then shape, that acceptance shape our relationship, our engagement with others this week. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.